Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Backpage, I'm Martin Gregg and welcome to the ninth episode in this new season of Between the Lines. This is my conversation with Paul Ballas, a 26-year-old Catalan journalist and co-author of our latest book, Pep City, The Making of a Super Team. Here, Paul tells us how he went from waiting tables in a Liverpool tapas restaurant to unprecedented access to one of the biggest football clubs in the world and their iconic coach, Pep Guardiola. You know, it's interesting that you came to the UK prior to Pep's arrival, so this wasn't a ready-made plan to try and report on Pep stories. Why were you so interested in coming to the UK? What was the attraction of, of reporting on, on football in this country? The first Premier League game that I watched at home with my parents was a Liverpool-Aston Villa with Fernando Torres on Liverpool. It was one of the first seasons that uh, that it was like on free TV broadcasting the Premier League in Spain. So yeah, I lived like really close all the all the rays of the uh, STBG, Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, the great Ferguson, Man United, also the Mourinho's Chelsea. Man City wasn't the biggest one when I started following all the English football. And I also, one of the things that I really loved was like following the championship, following League One, following League Two. When I got time, I tried to go to, to League One won games to League Two games. I've been to, to basically all of the stadiums around here, Greater Manchester. I've been to Bury. They're not playing anymore in Ingrid Lane, but I've been to Rochdale. I've been to Oldham. I've been to Wigan. I've been to Preston. I've been to Tramir Rovers in Liverpool. I have been in Crewe, in Crewe Alexandra. It's one of my passions, just going there uh, with knowing just nothing about any of the players go there and think, okay, that number, I don't know, 10 from Oldham is, is really good. Just 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 keep following him. I noticed in the book, I think it's Lou's prologue to the book, where he mentioned that you moving to the UK and you actually worked as a waiter for a while and then you got a job as Diario Sport, as their, which is a, a Spanish daily paper based based in Barcelona. But but you, I mean, this is quite a big leap of faith for you. You know, for a young man who's obviously finished journalism uh, college, I would imagine the easier option would be to stay in Barcelona and maybe try and integrate into the football media there. But you've taken this leap of faith. You've come across. Tell us a little bit about that. Those early stages. Were you working? Were you working in restaurants? Were you trying to pick up freelance work? How 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 were you trying to establish yourself in this industry? When I arrived in 2015, I went to Liverpool and I started working at a restaurant called Lunia that is also uh, in Manchester. Actually, it's a, it's a Spanish restaurant. Lunia, it's for Catalonia. And and I worked there just, just as a waiter, just to, I don't know, just to have a life, just to have a minimum salary and, and to have a base just to allow me to go to games at the weekend or to manage everything um, to to doesn't um, leave my target that was writing about football. 
I had the luck that my bosses uh, agreed with me to let me go to all the football matches that I wanted. So my schedule was really uh, well adapted to that. And and after that, I tried to sell my ideas to Spanish media. I can remember that I wrote for the for the magazine Panenka. That probably was of was one of my first biggest uh, steps that I did in my career here because Panenka is quite a big magazine for me. It's, it's quite of represents what I wanted to do here in Spanish media because it's, it's like a football and cultural magazine. And yeah, I also I started to make in contact with Diario Sport. I I can't remember that I that I sold them some little pieces of my work here, and that's how I met them. And yeah, um, I tried to make my first steps here here on that way. I don't regret that. Probably it was one of the most enjoyable times in my life. And yeah, um, when when Pep arrived, the the Ari Sport called me just to be uh, with them in a more regular basis, and that's where it all changed. Pep is obviously the catalyst for all this. But um, in terms of that, what is access like for a Spanish reporter at Manchester City then? Um, do you have any any kind of special access because um, of where you come from, the fact that you're you're a Spanish reporter? Or do you, are you just going along to the weekly press conferences the same as the rest of the UK-based journalists? You know, What was the level of your access at that point? At that point, I didn't even know Pep or his people. I mean, uh, I had never spoken with them. So when I started covering Man City, uh, my job was going weekly to every press conference, go to every game. And yeah, just starting getting used to, to cover football team. But basically, that was my job at that point. Then uh, everything changed when, when Lou arrived. He obviously had a special relationship with Pep because they know for, for a lot of years. And, and Lou was a guy that, that I used to look up to when I was studying. So for me, it was like, wow, Lou, Lou Martin is here. So I'm going to try to um, not mm-hmm. be too nice to him, not be too cocky with yep. him. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the of the day we end up like getting along really well. It's interesting that probably very few people in the UK will actually know Lou Martin's name, but um, he, he is actually uh, quite a famous journalist in Spain, isn't he? Can you tell us a little bit about the, the profile he has in Spain and the type of reporting that he is, he is known for? Yeah, he's, he's an old school guy. He's an old school re- reporter. He's known for being like... Uh, really famous a street reporter if you can call it that way he's not a guy to be closed on a news desk uh, eight hours a day he has to be just on the streets and he can find like stories under a rock or just in every corner uh, that's the kind of guy he is he has like a special sense just to know the stories probably um, he's the best interviewer that I have ever met it's a crazy thing how he manage all the interviews how he can handle to to find the personal side to to everything or or just to get more close than anyone to the source in terms of just talking um and yeah he 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 had been working in the Ario sport way way before i started working there um he was covering first espanol and then barcelona i wasn't there but i Every journalist that was living on that time, uh, they told me that Lou and the people that were working at the airport changed like everything. At that time, um, they did things like so differently. They r- reached like an approach to all the sports coverage that was never done before, like uh, with a closeness to not n- well with the sources, but at the same time being like very critical. And and that's what uh, made uh, El País, that is like the biggest Spanish paper. Uh, bet for Lou. 
Um, El Pais signed Lou. He spent like more than 15 years in, in El Pais and I think that it speaks for himself. He made some of the best pieces that, that I've ever write in Spanish journalism so yeah I mean he's a legend there you, you do build a relationship with him and at some point he asks you to get involved in this book which must be uh, an incredible experience because being such a young journalist taking a chance to come to this country and then suddenly probably within within a couple of years you know one of the most famous journalists in Spain is asking you to co-author a book it's, I mean that, that must have been an amazing moment for you yeah yeah well I, I... I mean, now when I look back, I almost don't believe it because it it seems like a fairy tale, but uh, it's been massive for me. I mean, probably um, I have no words to express how big and how exciting have been for me these last two, three years. Also, well, it, it's been like a great project being involved in that, just being uh, close to Pep and his city, uh, getting to know Lou and, has like a, and having like a special bond with him. But, but also was like massive for me being in that for the opportunity that it means in terms of learning. Because uh, I feel that probably at the university when, when, when you study, there's a lack um, of knowledge, of, of real knowledge. How is the real world? How is the real writing? Which are the, pro- which are the problems that you have to face? Being here in, in England, what has given to me is just being on the street all day, trying to look for my story, um, trying to deal with all the problems that all the freelance writer has to deal with. And being with Lou has been like ha- uh, having the best teacher on it. I mean, so having uh, a person that was guiding me or in every problem, I could call him uh, and he told me, uh, okay, you, you have these two options here, just go that way or just go that way, but just be clear on that. So for me, it was like a master, like a, like a separate degree do, doing that was like a, a learning process all the time and was one of the most exciting things for sure. Louis mentions in the introduction that he wanted someone with a fresh pair of eyes and a different perspective to bring to it. Did you sit down with Lou and discuss what your role would be within the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from, from day one, he was pretty clear to me. One of the questions that I had to him when he proposed me to do the book was like, what I'm going to do in it because I don't see what, what can I give you? Uh, because you have the contacts, you, you know better than anyone how to do an interview, you know better than anyone how to tell a story, so what I'm going to do here? Um, and he told me just... Don't worry, because you, you you will work and you will work a lot. And well, he was right because uh, from from day one, I think that he was really generous with that because we split like everything fifty fifty. I mean, he involved me with with everything, um, and he wanted me to involve him with with everything that I had on my mind. All the interviews that we did that that I can remember, I think that we were together. I mean, we we did all the interviews together, and the process of writing we split it. It like yeah, I mean in really equal parts, just to all of us be involved. Also, at the beginning was important. I think that it was important for him just to make me write a lot um, and just to correct me a lot um, to show me how he wanted to do it. Because uh, obviously he was setting the tone, and I had to adapt to his style probably or to his way of writing. And at the beginning, I I didn't know how to write or how to do the things. But yeah, he just insisted insisted me to write like a lot of chapters. I sent them over and he um, not corrected them, but tell me, uh, okay, I think that we should go more straight to the to, to the point here. You should, yeah. So it was a bit, yeah, it was all a process of learning. Um, but at the end of, of, of the day, I think that uh, if I could count it, uh, probably the book would be like 50-50. 
I mean, that, that's amazing to hear that because it could have been easy for him to have made you the, the junior partner in, in the relationship. You know, there's a huge difference in terms of uh, experience. Uh, and he, he could have said to you, well, you know, when it came to doing a big interview or I, I'll, I'll handle this, Paul. You know, you don't need to. You know, you don't need to do this one. Um, you know, this is my territory. Or, but, but the fact that he he split it down the middle and and he involved you and everything says says so much about what he must have thought of your skills as well. So, but I, I want to talk a little bit about something that we were talking about um, in in the pub in in the Etihad Stadium the other night. We were talking about the the art of interviewing, uh, and I was asking you about you know what what is so special about about Lou Martin. What what are what are the things that that make him uh, rise above other journalists? And you were talking about how special he is in the interviewing scenario. Tell us a little bit about that, like, and maybe you could use the example of we were talking about the other night about Kunaguero. Um, and how he managed to get information out of Kun that like no one no one had ever heard before. The the thing that gives him like um, the the credit to be one of the best for me is that he makes the interviewer feel that he's I don't know at the pub speaking to a friend. I mean when we talked to Kun Aguero, I think that it was scheduled to be like a thirty minutes forty minute interview at maximum. That is quite a lot with Kun, but we ended up speaking with him like two hours. And Kuhn was saying like, no, no, uh, just just go for it, just 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 keep talking uh, because I'm so good here. So probably that's that's his ability, and it's not uh, he doesn't create that being so kind to the player. So he he just creates that being like plain, being straight to the point, but also so so sensitive. I mean, he 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 has the the ability to to yeah um, to make the player feel like. Um, he's a friend of him, and that he and that he, uh, he can rely on him. Uh, yeah, and in Kunaguero it was great, but also I I don't know. Also in Pep Guardiola, of course they have like a special bond. But but with players that we didn't even know or we didn't even have a relationship, I can remember now Gundogan. Gundogan was great also with us um, because I think that they can feel that. Um, they could trust with us in terms that uh, we are going to ask you like a question that is probably going to be difficult for you, but we're going to let you speak uh, we, and we're not going to try to just um, get to the hurting point uh, without getting a reason or without um, getting a pure explanation to understand that. And this is something that has perhaps struck me about Lou as well, that he has this um, like plain speaking, he gets straight to the point. I don't think he speaks to these world class footballers like ninety nine percent of people in their life do. Uh, he 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 just he just speaks to them like like you're saying. He he's speaking to his friend in the pub, and they obviously respond to the fact that he communicates in that way. And I think that the that the player feels a bit that he's protected with him because he's a guy that can understand him and. And he's a guy that is not trying to, I don't know, to make him go the wrong way. No, no, no. He's crystal clear. I mean, there's no, uh, that, there's no second way for Lou. So also, I mean, if if the player likes this style or the source uh, uh, in in any case likes this style, I mean, um, it's all done for Lou because he's so good in that. Yeah, his reputation goes before him with a, a lot of players, I'm sure. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. To get quite specific, take for example the, the first chapter of the book, which is A Day in the Office, which is, which is amazing because it's, it's, it's you sh- shadowing Pep for, for a working day. Were you there for that day or, how did, or was that a composite of different days? Like how, how, did, how did that chapter come together? It was a, like a compilation of different days, but I was there on the day that, that we were on Pep's office where well, we, we've been there interviewing him two times. So I've been there both of the times. And, and you, you could see that um, just when we got into his office, the first question that he does to Pep is not, hey, Pep, how are you? It's like, why do you have these, these golf sticks here? Um, did, did, did you want to play golf lately, or 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 why do you have this this statue of Cruyff here? Who gave it to you? So he just goes beyond that um, from the from the starting point. He goes to the detail. Plus th- this chapter that, that that you were talking about that is like a compilation of what Pep does like in a daily basis. Obviously Pep, he's we have been really close to him, but sometimes he doesn't want to show everything to you, and he's not gonna do that. But uh, the fact of being able to write that is because we have been in touch to all his people, to all his friends, to all the people that surround him in a daily basis. And they told us things that Pep wouldn't say to us, probably because he isn't even aware of that. When he's walking down the, co- down the corridors like a maniac, I mean, he, he's not even aware of that, but the rest of the people is. So I think that it was like a mix of things, a mix of being there, uh, just watching Pep, watching everything he does, everything he he has, um, um, how he is uh, dealing with the people there, but also being in contact with with all his staff and all his environment. One of the other things that you bring to to the project is you have good English. Uh, I know you don't you don't think you have good English, but you've done plenty of publicity for the book. You've been in national radio uh, and you've communicated very clearly. So do you think that has been was that an asset in, in terms of piecing this book together? Did, did you interview anybody in English? Um, because we should make the point that Lou doesn't have much English. So was the fact that you were able to speak English well, was that 
an important part of, of, of bringing the book together? Yeah, well, that was an asset because I did a lot of interviews in English, of course. Um, I don't know, we've, we, we've spoken to Gundogan in English, to Sané in English, um, uh, well, to a lot of players in English. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say that when Lou started talking to me, English was the main part. Probably it was, a, it was an item that he considered. But I think that he asked me, basically because we got along really good um, at the, I don't know, at the daily press conference and all that stuff. And he said to me, okay, that's, that's a guy that I probably wouldn't mind to work with in a news desk in the same paper. So why not trying to do a book with him? But yeah, at the end of the process, I can say that English has been like a key asset. Without that, probably we, we wouldn't, have got like so much voices as we've had and uh, willingness to speak that most of the people that here in City has, has showed us. Let's just finish up by talking about the, the challenges of turning this two-season Spanish book into a three-season English edition, which was a very interesting process. And, and um, I remember um, myself and Neil meeting you and Lou in Manchester, and um, we were talking about how how we would do it. And I remember Lou saying that he he said, "Oh, that this is like a new book." And at the time, like I did, I didn't agree with that, and Neil didn't agree with that. We thought, well, as long as we manage this additional material carefully then we can we can integrate it into the the original material and it will be fairly straightforward but actually Lou was right because it re- we had to really almost rip it up and start again in some ways you know because so much happened last season um and um it impacted on what had went before the whole structure of the book changed the you were generating lots of new content talk a little bit about from your point of view that must have been quite an intense experience because you were writing as the season was unfolding getting new interviews and having to respond to live events like you know Spurs in the Champions League and VAR and all this sort of stuff that must have been an intense period for you yeah yeah it's been like probably um the most intense season of that of the last one that, that 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 we have been here, I would say that when we decided to do that, it was a bit of a gamble, and and you know it because we didn't know how was it gonna end. Because explaining the 100 point season of City in the Premier League was was an easy story and 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 was a happy story to sell. But just deciding to do like a three season story when everything was was still like on dispute was was a bit of a gamble. But uh, I mean uh, everything went well, but. From the from the point when when Lou told you okay it's gonna be like a new book, we knew that we had to be like really strong on it or or that we had to be like really involved with it because what we wanted to do with, with that book is being published in English and and we wanted it to have to, to have it here for the English fans for City fans well not just City fans for English football fans it, it was like an ambition for us and we wanted to do it well and when we are we deciding um the the date of publishing it how were we doing it. Um, Lou and me, we, we realized that we, we we still got something new to tell and that there were like a lot of material to tell and that um, if we wanted to do something new, we, we had to do it like big. We had to do it like uh, go there like uh, and do like uh, new stories, uh, new characters and, an, and a new angle to everything. And I think that it was also always in our minds just to um, be focused on that and try to do almost a new book that uh, when we started thinking about it, it was almost impossible. Each other, I think that we pushed uh, each other just to um, try to keep on doing it and just to try to do 
our best and I think that the final result is the thing that we are really happy with. I think, I think from our point of view, you and, and Lou were, were very open to our feedback because I think you realised that you were in such a intense moment um, and we, we had a kind of broader perspective on it and so so I think you gave us you know a lot of control in terms of the structure of the book but it was interesting because there, there were moments where you know for example the Sterling chapter you guys had been writing like crazy and filing all this new stuff and I remember saying to Neil we have to change the Sterling chapter the story has moved on so much and then like the next day you phoned me up and, and you said, we have to change the Sterling chapter. Uh, and I think as the, as the process went on, I think we started to kind of, we were on the same wavelength, I think, t- towards the end, like particularly the last couple of months. And I think a lot of the discussions we had were constructive because you would come on and say, well, actually, I, that, can you have a look at that chapter? We think that chapter should be reintegrated. And then we would say, yeah, you're right. Uh, and it, or sometimes we would say, well, we don't think so because of this reason. But uh, from our point of view, it, it was very healthy. And hopefully from your point of view, that process worked as well. Yeah, yeah, it was totally. Uh, it was because um, we, we wrote the stories, but we know that you are the editors and you know things that we don't in terms of, uh, in terms of a, a structure, in, te- in terms of the British point of view, that for us was, was very important to hear to you about that. So we felt that we, we need to listen to you, we, we need to um, express all our doubts to you and just to ask you. And yeah, I think it was a really healthy re- relationship, to, to be honest, all of you were like really open to discuss anything any proposal that we had that at some point i think that um it could have been some some crazy ideas you have like listened to us like really well um so yeah i think it was like the the perfect match probably and um, just finally let's talk about the reaction to the book because the book was out probably just over a month ago now um i should say that the first print run sold out um, very quickly so we we now have a, a second print run in time for christmas the book is selling very well so we are delighted from our point of view the publicity has been enormous tell us a little bit from your point of view what what has struck you about the reaction to the book since it's been published no we are we are uh, totally surprised i mean we are totally happy uh we cannot be more thankful to to basically all the critics because they have been great. We were a bit not afraid, but uh, we had the respect of of saying, uh, okay, how is it gonna sell uh, uh, in England? Because probably our way of telling the stories probably it's different than the way that is more consumed here. And um, well, I think that here you did a good job because you adapted uh, our probably our style to a to a more English way of telling things. That it has been great, and I think that the book. Uh, re- re- reflects that a lot. All the response has been great. I mean, all the all the journalists that we have speak with, all the Man City Daily and Man United as well, daily journalists that we are surrounded with, um, they have congratulated us. Um, I mean, it's it's really impressive for us just to see people that um, I admire, um, like I don't know Daniel Taylor um, or Henry Winter, people like that, just saying that the book is not bad, that 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 it's okay, and that has something. That that they didn't know, and uh, I mean that's that's really fantastic for us. And I mean at the moment we are just enjoying that, and and really happy that all the English guys and just the British guys thinks that it's all right. Thanks to Paul for agreeing to this interview. Check him out on Twitter at Paul Ballas. That's P-O-L-B-A-L-L-U-S. 
and please check out the rest of this season of Between the Lines. The first eight episodes feature interviews with Ben Reiter, Oliver Kay, Lawrence Donegan, Daniel Gray, Hugh McDonald, David Goldblatt and yesterday's episode which was a behind the scenes look at the putting together of Pep City with myself and the other half of Backpage, Neil White. Next week's episode is my mini-doc on the miracle of Castel de Sangro. Finally, if you've enjoyed this, please leave a review, tell a friend, spread the word. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.